0: Sure, you may be
3: able to hear just how crispy the McDonald's Crispy Juicy Tender Chicken Sandwich is. But that's just the beginning. The full Crispy Juicy Tender experience comes after you take your first bite. But why stop there? Order ahead on the app and get medium fries and soft drink for free. Now that's a deal that tastes even better than it sounds. <laughs> bell Belly 830 to
4: 919, 1011 to 1031 and 1122 to 121221. Valid one time per week. McDonald's app download and registration required.
0: Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm, episode number 378. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my stand-in co-host today is my company's senior SEO,
4: Scott Fenack. How's it going, bud? It's uh, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, just a little little stressed about the whole coronavirus thing because we're traveling in a week, so that's been on my mind. But uh, uh, yeah. not worried about getting sick, just worried about getting stranded. Yes. I wouldn't want to, you're going to be in Mexico, right? We are. Yes. And without any kind of cancellation insurance. So I think we're going to go as long as we can.
0: Yes. Well, I can't blame you. Um, I would too. I'm just glad that, uh, if you, if you are quarantined, you can still work.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to make sure I don't bring any tech with me. So, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. No, I don't mean there. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: We're really screwed if you get stuck there, but (laughs) you don't do that. Just don't. Um, this lie, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just a shout out to John Carcut, Johnny. He, uh, he isn't feeling too well at the moment, so uh, big hugs to him. Hope, hope he gets better soon. Uh, missed him last week. We were trying to get that going, and we had to put it off a couple of times, and then it just fell through. So it's, yeah. Anyway, hope he's doing well. All right, let's jump into some general SEO news. Uh, the first one is uh, one of those that fall under the old. It's uh, just good to know, kind of logical um, bits, but uh, the title is on from Search Engine Roundtable is Google, hreflang annotations are not processed until all pages in the set are crawled and in indexed. Whoa, that is not SCO 101, is it? Well, <laughs> in a way it is, though. Um, for listeners out there, if you have multiple languages on your website, this is going to be important. Um, all it's saying, and this is Gary Eish from Google that's saying this, Um, that if you have multiple language versions of content on your site, um, the hreflang tag tells Google which one is which. Well, that tag won't really have any impact until all of those pages are indexed, which, again, makes sense. How can they know there's a French version if they can't see it? Um, So they see it first, then they acknowledge all of these tags, verify them, and then they can um, make it work. (laughs) <laughs> um, I don't think there's anything else to add to that, right, Scott?
4: No, it's pretty straightforward. It's interesting though when you see things like this. You know, I never would have thought of this ever, but it seems perfectly logical and mm-hmm. makes sense.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, and it's it's one of those things I like to mention because maybe it sort of provokes us to think a little differently. Who knows? Um, something I just came across actually in the last bit of research for today's show is uh, this rather shocking bug at Let's Encrypt. If you're using Let's Encrypt for your SSL or security certificates, uh, you may have a problem. Only 2.6% of publishers, however, um, are having this issue, but their security certificate is being revoked. Um, it is, again, a bug. Um, how they're going to manage it, I didn't fully finish the article. probably should have done that. <laughs> um, they have been, uh, emails have been sent to affected publishers, uh, anyone. So do keep an eye out uh, emails from let's encrypt. Um, you could still be, have, have been affected, um, because there's other issues that of, of that content reaching you. So do check it out. If you want to check it out, go to checkhost.unboundtest.com. And that'll allow you to do, uh, uh, just to make sure things are working. It's not so. It's not. A, it's not a less encrypt site, but it is a little tool. So that was checkhost.unboundtest.com. Anyway, give that a try. Uh, you can find this article on Search Engine Journal. Very important because uh, otherwise, if you don't get this fixed, people will see the unsecure or insecure uh, link, or not secure, is what they say in your browser um, URL field. And, People, when they see that, when they get to a site, that's pretty uh, concerning.
4: Absolutely. Well, and it will possibly affect your uh, rankings as well if it goes uncorrected for too long.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. What's, uh, what's next here, Scotty?
4: Uh, so if you haven't already been switched to Google first mobile indexing or so google first mobile first indexing it's always google first <laughs> it's always google first yeah we're not talking about bing i don't think uh, anyway sorry if you have not been switched to mobile first indexing as of yet it will happen in september uh currently google says that about 70% of all websites have been switched to mobile first the remaining 30% are all being done in september so if you haven't been done it's coming um so be prepared uh you know, not a lot you can do except it is a lot you can do. If you're not prepared, make sure your site is responsive and loads in a reasonable amount of time, specifically on mobile devices.
0: Can't remember is that? It's Google Search Console, yeah. That's where you go, and then you'll see that little notice in the top bottom right of your stream when you load it up, telling you that your site has been switched to mobile indexing.
4: Absolutely, it'll be in Search Console, and you should receive an email when you are switched if you have not been. Um, so yeah, it, it's good if you don't have a dynamic website, or it could be, um, like, you should have a responsive website. That's Google's recommended way of doing it, but you could also have dynamic serving, or have separate URLs where they, you know, redirect to m.whatever. Um, not ideal, but will work if it's, not, if it's done So, correctly. that
0: means, to, to the listeners, that means just having mo- a, a, a mobile-friendly version of your website, and those are just two methods of doing it.
4: Absolutely, yeah. So, responsive is the best way to go, and a lot of content management systems now, do that by default, really? These days, WordPress especially, and and most of them have that ability to be responsive quite easily. Um, but definitely make sure that's taken care of by September, because if it's not, uh you could be in trouble.
0: So, yeah, who knows how much they're probably gonna have another grace period, but <laughs>
4: you, you never know. Apparently, they've been working on this since 2016. Yeah, and I was looking at
0: we, that in stunned silence. Uh, it's amazing how time flies.
4: It doesn't feel like it. It feels like they just started last year. It's like no, that's that's not right. Yeah.
0: Wow. All right. Um, The next bit here is about a rather concerning WordPress plugin issue with a lot of the SEO plugins that are right now, our main ones anyway. Um, Now, the first one is the Google Analytics dashboard. If you're using that, it's by uh, uh, Exact Metrics they have lost Google analytics data. So if you were relying on the information for that, that has been lost uh, due to a huge upgrade to the system. Um, and also, and this is very odd, it was providing information about the wrong website. <laughs> um, it, there are ways to fix it. There's more details on that on um, com, but do check that out if you are, are concerned or, or know that you use that. Um, plugin it was it formerly was called the, the plugin was formerly called GAD can't speak GAD WP GAD WP um, so that's one issue uh, and yes uh, one of the fixes uh, Scott you mentioned here and I totally agree when I read this I was like why aren't people doing this add your Google Analytics code in hardcore, hard coding format to your website. Don't use plugins to add your code. I think that's, that's dangerous. Uh, something that critical can easily be added just to the, uh, uh, it, well, if you're, depending on the, this, the content management system you're using, you can put it in the header, put it in footer, put it in the body, wherever. I mean, Google analytics is pretty flexible, but you need to have it um, site-wide and a simple insertion should do that. And you won't have to worry about a plugin messing up your analytics that way.
4: Yeah, I get why people use plugins, but really, you know, they're going to slow your site down a little bit. They might open up potential security holes. You've got to make sure you keep them updated. And then sometimes this happens, you know, where the plugin malfunctions for one reason or another and you lose, you lose data.
0: Yeah, that's something we've actually encountered lately a few times is uh, we've talked about this in the past, but when websites, uh, WordPress sites have too many plugins, I think uh, lately we found some really nice websites, but they load slowly and we couldn't figure out why. Well, I guess we had some s- suspicions because they were very, very um, intense media-based sites. But what probably, be, you know, we're still working on them, but what appears to be a big part of it was they had uh, like 20 to 25 plugins. I mean, that is enormous. My our, our estimate is, you know, if you really want to be sure, stick to 10 at most. Um, you could probably go as high as 15, but just be really careful. Um, These are also big hacking holes too, to your website. If one of those plugins end up having a um, exploit and you don't update them in time, well, you're in trouble. Uh, So the more of those you have, the more chances you have of being hacked. Um, What we do is when we we face these situations where a client has too many, what we do is we try to, we have a great developer, uh, Dennis, and what he does is he'll, if he has to, he'll, code the entire f- functionality of a plugin into the site. So it no longer requires the plugin. Um, and he'll also uh, just try and find better alternatives that are more trustworthy. Uh, so that uh, sometimes do multiple things that will take away the need for three or four plugins.
4: Yeah, I see that a lot with Yoast. When I we get a new client and they're not using Yoast, they might have, you know, three or four different plugins to do one to do titles and meta descriptions. They might have a separate plugin to do XML sitemaps and another plugin that does mm-hmm. canonical tags. Whereas Yoast just does all of that and more. Um, and so they often, there's often a better plugin solution that basically consolidates the functionality of a bunch of smaller ones. Yeah. Um,
0: so, you know, do consider that if you need some help with that, let us know. Uh, we work with these all the time. Uh, what's the next one there that, that was having a problem? The other
4: one, of course, I just spoke about Yoast. It's Yoast and, um, <laughs> and Rank Math, which actually I've never heard of Rank Math, believe it or not. So I'm assuming yeah. it's similar to Yoast, an SEO type plugin, because um, they both have the same issue. And that's with canonical tags on URLs that use Unicode characters. So generally those are different language websites. Correct. Yeah. Like uh, they used, um, what were the examples? These, Of course, I don't have this in front of me right now. But anyways, a lot of you won't be affected by this, but some of you might. And what's happening is if you have Unicode characters specifically in your URL strings, the plugins are adding a dash forward slash at the end of the canonical tag. So it'll be example.com slash dash slash in the canonical tag alone, which is You know, some people might consider it to be super, super important. It is if it goes unchecked for too long, but Google is pretty good at understanding if a canonical tag is wrong or not. So I wouldn't panic if this is there, but I would definitely fix it. Uh, But it could cause problems with content duplication or or having the wrong URLs indexed and all kinds of things like that. Just
0: confusing Google, which you don't want to do. You want (laughs) to make things as as clear and obvious as possible. Now, uh, to go back to what you were Um, you both of of us were floundering over and that is what languages this uh, pertain to. Uh, I'll read off a quote here from Search Engine Land. Unicode characters are used in many non-romance languages such as Hebrew, Thai, Hangul, Greek, Arabic, and others. Um, In this case, the person, uh, unquote, in this case, the person who um, discovered this was an Iran-based webmaster, uh, Sharam Rabari. So he discovered this issue. So, um, you know, it's, it's important if you've got multiple. We talk, went back to the HF Lang uh, notation a minute ago. Think that back to that. That if you do have multiple languages uh, uh, within your website, that this could be a serious issue. So, check absolutely. That out. And not a right. lot
4: to do to fix it. Just uh, keep sh- uh, checking back and make sure as soon as there's an update available to those plugins that you update them. Apparently, they know about it. Yoast is working on a fix. I'm assuming Rank Math is as well.
0: Great. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. and we come back, we're going to talk about uh, Frequently Asked Question Guidelines.
2: SEO 101 will be back right after recess.
1: Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. You'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. It
3: passes before it's noticed. A slight rising of the eyebrows, a widening of the eyes. It may be accompanied by an almost imperceptible inhalation. The heart adds a beat like a quiet exclamation point on the experience. Within a tenth of a second, the reaction has passed, but not without leaving its mark. Someone found what they're looking for. Does your website deliver impulses to act? It can. Intended Consequences is the podcast for digital marketers who see their job as changing hearts and minds. If you're frustrated, bored, or in a rut, It's time to spread your wings with me, Brian Massey, and my guests. Find out how successful, curious, creative, and data-driven marketers are making a difference on purpose. Visit IntendedPodcast.com or find us where you get your... It takes two vaccines to help protect you this season. One for the flu and another for COVID-19. And according to the CDC, now you can get both shots at the same visit. Talk to your healthcare professional or visit cdc.gov vaccines to learn more. Podcasts, intended consequences, marketing on purpose.
1: LPO, landing page optimization, where we make marketers great using design, data, psychology, and attitude. Join our host, Brian Massey, best known as the conversion scientist, as he sits down with leading marketers to help you create campaigns that deliver. LPO, only on webmasterradio.fm.
3: TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors.
2: Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
0: Welcome back to SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm. Hosted by myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Step4th Web Marketing, and my company's senior SEO, Scott Venack. So, this next bit is about the uh, frequently asked question markup guidelines. Apparently, Google has tightened them up a bit. It does not want repetition of questions and answers within your site that are marked up. You can have them in their site, uh, just like you could use the same question and answer in multiple pages. Just be sure not to uh, mark up each one of them. You are just allowed to do that with one. And that means that you're telling Google this is a potential ans- question and answer they can use in voice search, uh, display. Um, some of the Google home displays, that kind of thing. Uh, does this
4: uh, seem like anything else you've seen before, Scott? Uh, no, but it's not really super surprising. Um, you, you know, it's, you can still duplicate the questions on all, multiple pages, although there are other reasons why you probably don't want to do that. Yeah. But so it kind of makes sense that they'd only want you to mark it up in one location, whatever the main location for that content would be. So, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess in some situations you might see an FAQ that, appears on some site-wide element like maybe in the in the footer or on the sidebar or something that uh, uh, you know kind of applies on a site-wide basis but then also appears on an overall faq page um, so you definitely want to use the markup on the page that's dedicated to that q a yeah. do not use it on the site-wide elements um, now,
0: the comparison I, I was struggling with earlier um, when i was thinking about this is reviews you're not allowed to mark up multiple reviews within your site either now um, Google has different terms of whether or not they're even gonna show reviews anymore from your site. However, I'm sure they still frown upon multiple uses of the same review, or even using reviews that are already within other sites. Uh, for example, if you take a, a, a review from Google's own uh, Google My Business, even if it's about your business, you're not allowed to mark that up on your site. So uh, because it's already marked up elsewhere, essentially. All right, we now have some Mueller files. Uh, These are um, similar to one of the first ones of the the show, uh, more just really good confirmations. Um, In this first one, I'm sure actually, John would have had some interesting notes on this, but essentially Google, we're not going to index all your pages. Uh, This example provided by Search Engine Roundtable, uh, a guy said, look, I've got 800,000 pages, only 3000 have been indexed, why? you know, how long is it gonna take for them all to get indexed? Well, John Mueller said, uh, they won't. We wouldn't want them to be. Um, We only want high quality. Um, And it's uh, essentially, they want unique high quality content and that's what they're gonna focus on. At at this point, I guess they're seeing 3000 pages that are potentially high enough quality. They're not seeing the other ones. Over time, if they dig through the site and they end up seeing more, I'm sure his index count will increase. Well, that's a big site that's not gonna be happening instantaneously.
4: You know, when you're pushing a million pages, I have a, a hard time believing that in any situation they could all be high quality with the exception of maybe sites that have a lot of user generated content, like, you know, things like Reddit and stuff like that where you've got, well, <laughs> high quality is questionable on Reddit, but you, but, but you know what I mean? Like, Popular, you, yeah, like most of these sites where you've got a million pages, it's just product descriptions coming out of a feed that's duplicated everywhere. Um, so it it does make sense that they wouldn't index all of that because that's probably duplicate or super low quality. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, in this case he's using aggregators to create unique content in each page. So he says oh, that's high quality. Well, that's, that's no longer considered high quality to Google. So there's too many ways for that to be automated and crap. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, next bit here for the Mueller files, uh, just sort of an update a while back google made a change in policy about no follows um, which was essentially that they no longer blocked um, page rank whatever you want to call it um, the the influence being passed they would consider them but it was no longer going to um, be a blocker for authority the deal is that, yes, the, you know, technically this is past the launch date of that policy change, but there has, uh, according to John, no action was nece- has necessarily been taken by Googlers yet. Um, ah, kind of a vague answer, but essentially, yeah, nothing's happened. Um, it's out there, the policy's out there, but they just haven't really affected any change. All right, now we're going to jump into some questions from listeners. The first one is from Fred Sachs. It says, my website is doing well in search rankings, but I'm not available to see clients for several months. I posted a notice that I'm temporarily unavailable, but I continue to get calls. While I'm unavailable, I prefer to communicate by email. Should I just remove my phone number from my website? I think this would damage my search rankings, and I'm selling videos on the website, so I still want high search engine rankings. Another idea, should I conceal my phone number in white text so that the spiders still see the phone number, but my customers do not? I realize this is an old black hat technique for keyword stuffing. Would I be penalized if I used it to conceal my phone number temporarily? Or do you have a different recommendation for discouraging calls while keeping the website ranking high? What what do you think, Scott?
4: Well, this is definitely a situation I've never seen before. (laughs) Yeah, I've got
0: too much business. I'm going away (laughs) forever. Um, (laughs)
4: Um, A a few things there, I guess. Um, I would say don't change anything like i wouldn't want to remove the phone number um you, you know you risk damaging stuff down the road um the idea that he says about basically hiding it with white on white uh yeah he's right it's an old spam technique i i, I would not recommend it doing that but doing it might work because it's not a huge it's not like he's taking a bunch of big money keywords and trying to hide that or big blocks of content it's just a phone number i don't think he'd get penalized for it but i i mean But still, you know, I I wouldn't necessarily do it, but he'd probably be fine if he did, if you're being honest. Um, I don't,
0: honestly, Fred, I think you sound like you're in a great position. So congratulations to be able to get away like that. But um, I I would want to have something running the business while you're away. Um, I realize that's not the question here, but just from a business perspective, it's amazing that you can just shut that down. Um, Technically, you, you know, you're ranking should drop down because <laughs> you're not there, not doing the business. Um, so you, you're kind of fighting the natural circumstances of your website um, and, and your, your position uh, by not being there. Now that said, that's just my thought process. But um, one of the recommendations was to have a virtual assistant respond to emails, I mean to um, answer phone numbers, phone calls, well, if you're gonna do that, that's, that's one way to go. Another thing is to leave a voicemail saying, hey, you know, thank you for calling. I'm sorry, at this point, I'm I'm not taking any more business or I don't know how you wanna do it. Um, but you could leave a voicemail explaining the situation. And if it's something that you can't help them with right now, but they need help with, then suggest they contact someone else, give them a, a, a reference. Uh, perhaps you can even work out a, a profit sharing uh, deal with that person. Um, If these are just support calls and you're still selling those videos from your site, then that's a little trickier. You may want to tell them to go to a particular page where they can leave questions digitally that you can respond to when you have a moment. Um, I don't think I could ever leave my business for seven months. I'm sorry. There's just no way Um, you're going to have to answer the odd email and do things like that. So um, uh, and frankly, Google changes a lot. That's a long time in the SEO world. So, you know, your website ranking won't necessarily stay high unless you're doing something to continue doing that. That's, you know, we do this occasionally for clients when they go away, but, um, you know, try to maintain their rankings, add more content through writers, etc. Anyway, I'm just a little worried for you there. I don't want you to lose it all, Um, but that would be my two bits. Anything else you want to add there, Scott?
4: No, I think I pretty much agree with that. I was going to throw in there, you know, have some sort of recorded message that directs them to a page on the site or explains the situation. Um, you, you could even throw a brief line. I mean, I haven't seen his website, so I don't know how feasible this is, but, uh, you know, we're temporarily away text underneath the phone number. Um, just enough so people are discouraged from calling, but you keep the number alive on the site. Um, maybe not the ideal. I mean, I don't know if there is an ideal situation to this or response to this, but
0: no, it's very unique. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, the next question is from Zena Scott. Uh, Zena, I've seen you in a long time. I believe you're a Victoriaite. Uh, so she says, can I please get your opinion on hamburger menus on desktop websites? Sue, what is a hamburger menu? Uh, for those who don't know, and many don't, um, and I get it, it's a strange name. Um, when you're using a mobile phone and you go to a website, you'll sometimes see at the top right, the menu is sort of collapsed into a three horizontal lines, one on top of each other. Uh, kind of looks like a hamburger, now that you may look at it. Uh, okay, well, that's considered a hamburger menu in the design world. Um, and she wants to know what she considers it, uh, You know, what our opinion is of, of it on desktop sites, not mobile. And uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of it on desktop websites. I understand why people are doing that, uh, essentially, they're design, designing their website mobile first to the next level. I mean, they're not even considering desktop. <laughs> um, and I don't I don't disagree that, I, I, you know, if they're on a budget, why not go for it? I don't like that experience though. Um, I, I prefer to have a desktop experience when I'm on a desktop. But I think that's what you said too, Scott, right?
4: Yeah, I think I, I posted something to that effect in the Facebook group. Um, and I agree. Like, you know a lot of people will say, and I agree with this, if you're <clears throat> trying to convert people on your website, you want them to get from A to B or whatever like from A to C checking out in as few clicks as possible, and that hamburger menu adds one more click to the process. I know it 's not a big click, but it's one more step a user has to take and and I'm a big fan of minimizing that, make it as simple as possible and and it takes away mystery too, like what's on this hamburger menu, you know. If you've got a proper, I get on a cell phone, you kind of have to do it. There's not enough real estate on the screen, but on a computer, you know, you can throw whatever you want in the menu for the most part. Now, especially with the wide, the widescreen monitors and everything like you've, I I wouldn't want to do that. Um,
0: Yeah. I'd like to see what options there are right away.
4: Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't know that there, I'd say there's, unless it's done badly, I don't think there's any SEO implications here. No. Um, But from a personal perspective, I say don't. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm agree with, I'm in agreement with you uh Zena I could see you uh put a, a nasty face on next to this uh <laughs> the whole idea of hamburger menus and I can't blame you not a big fan either um again you know when a site is let's say designed specifically for mobile because it knows ninety percent of people are going to there for mobile, I get why they do that um they are they don't need to worry about maintaining a desktop version of their site which arguably saves money and time um but the experience on a desktop, even a tablet um, can be used, can, can include showing menu items instead of just a hamburger menu. Although oftentimes tablet includes hamburger as well. Anywho, that's our two bits. I hope that, uh, I hope that helps and uh, quite an agreement. Let's not see any more of that. <laughs> well, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing and my company's senior SEO, Scott Van Ack, thanks for joining us today. Remember, we have a show notes newsletter you can sign up for at seo101radio.com. That's seo101radio.com. And that's where you don't have to miss a single link and you can refresh your memory of past show at any time. If you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Facebook group, Facebook group, easily found by searching SEO 101 podcast on Facebook. If you enjoyed the show, we'd appreciate any feedback on Apple podcast, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast stream. Have a great week and remember to tune into future episodes, which air at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern every Monday on
4: webmasterradio.fm. Thanks for listening, everyone.